This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the big interview Q&A show for February. This is part two. I'm Martin Gregg and with me today are Graham Hunter, host of the big interview and our guest for these shows, La Liga TV's Pete Jensen. Questions as always from our socios who support this podcast at patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter and from our sponsors at Bet365. Let's start with socios Richard Cook and Jake Garlic. Richard asks... Could I just ask about next week's last 16 first leg, Atleti versus Man United? <laughs> Is it going to be like that viral video of two pensioners scrapping in a car park where neither lands a blow? Or is that unfair to either side? And just before you answer that, Jake says, What would it take for either Atleti or Simeone to decide that it's time for a change? So if anyone happened to miss Atleti's midweek result, then they lost at home to bottom place Levante on Wednesday night, and they are now sitting just outside the top four. Maybe you could take this on. Pete, what, what's gone wrong at Atleti? What's gone wrong at Atleti? Um, I think what's brewing at Atletico Madrid is the final years of Wenger at Arsenal. Um, they, were, they were whistled and jeered and all the rest of it on um, Tuesday night. Um, but not by the whole stadium. Uh, half the stadium were upset with the way they were playing and the other half of the stadium were upset with the way that the supporters were whistling the way they were playing. Um, and that's pretty much what happened at the end, wasn't it, at Arsenal? It was, it was pretty much split down the middle. Uh, how, can, how can you say this about our great leader um, and the other half saying, listen, the, the game's, the jig is up. Um, you know, we need, we need, it needs refreshing. We're not there yet, but we're heading that way. Um, in, in answer to, to Jay's question about what would it take, um, I think that if that if that sort of combustible atmosphere um, gets worse, then um, and of course he's earned the right to say when he goes, uh, as with all, as with Wenger and as with uh, Sir Alex Ferguson as well, that the price you pay for having a great manager who changes the history of your club is that when it finally starts going a bit sour, you really owe it to him to say, listen, you know, we can't, we can't, we're not going to push him. We're going to wait for him to say, I need, I need a new challenge. Um, uh, um, they were all for against Levante. They were, they were, they were slow. They were negative, pedestrian. Um, uh, and the squad, the squad is starting to look poor, not just in defence. We've spoken many, many times about the shortcomings defensively. I don't think from the first few games that we've seen that Ronaldo looks looks a, a step up from Lodi. He's better defensively than he is going forward, whereas Lodi's better going forward than he is defensively. Um, Vass is, 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 been, is the solution on the other side, but he's out for six weeks. So we've, we've already talked about the defensive shortcomings. But now you look at the central midfield and it's... Um, 
It's uh, Rodrigo de Paul and it's Coque. Coque is, is, is terribly out of sorts. Rodrigo de Paul looks, is starting to look like a player who didn't start his career in central midfield but wants to play there. Um, and that, and that's why he's there. Um, and then the backup is Hector Herrera and Jeffrey Condogbia. Um, so, yeah, yeah, Griezmann will come back. He's now back in training. Um, and he'll probably make the first leg. Um, so, you know, that gives them a boost. Let's see what kind of, what kind of shape he's in. Uh, there's no Cunha. I'm not sure that's a, a big loss. He didn't, he didn't do too much on against Levante. Um, they're not playing well. There's no doubt about it. But we've seen teams, we've seen worse teams win the Champions League. Um, it, it will be a strange irony if they went a long way this time and 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 all the way this time, just being so atrocious in the domestic competition. The first thing I'd like to say would be that my my disappointment in Atleti will go up if their focus is only on themselves and not on Manchester United because there, there's really clear ways in which you, you can damage Manchester United. And as bad as Atleti's form is right now, and self-belief is right now, you, you can use your opponent's Achilles heels in order to mask the problems of your own players to your own players, give them very specific tasks. And it's, it's really clearly that when, um, let's say Fred and McTominay are outnumbered in central midfield and the rest of the team isn't working hard enough around them that Manchester United truly suffer. Harry Maguire's um, confidence and game and decision making aren't at his level. No matter whether you think he's a you know an England leader or a Manchester United leader, that's another clear fact. So um, also patrolling Cristiano Ronaldo, it's 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 obvious what to do now if you don't do it well and he's presented with chances because he's still Cristiano Ronaldo particularly in finishing it's a little bit like Luis Suarez if they're allowed to finish the chances are they will so ruling him out of turning the tyre scoring that's that's stupid that's not what I'm talking about Simeone needs to be going um, temporarily because we can't put everything right um, structure form decision making creativity uh, working for one another pressing in, in under a week can't be done what you can do is turn a really clear uh, microscope on, on United's flaws and I suspect that Rangnick will with no Wiggle double value available anymore I suspect that Rangnick rather than being the guy that loves to press will probably look to play on the break against Atleti um, which I think is quite a sensible way to do it if he goes out and says right you know I'm all in, we're going to press them really high in the capital of Spain and, and really maul them and then, then respect. Lars, I don't necessarily think that's how they'll play it. And therefore, Atleti need to be fundamentally crisp at the back. And I think that as long as they avoid injury, I am not abandoning what the performance level of Savage and Jimenez have said to us in nine of the 11 games that they've played. They've only played... Um, 11 games together in nine of them if they repeated the form and the score lines and the goals um, what is in Cajada I mean uh, shipped in um, they would have I think conceded 20 fewer times no they would have 21 more points they'd be second top they'd have conceded 15 or 16 fewer goals and Jimenez played at 15 minutes notice during the week and made a big mistake not for the goal but made a big mistake and I take the Mrs Jimenez position in that she said he was in his 
and he scratched it with COVID for five days, and then he came out of his sick bed, got an okay, uh, and played. So I think that the the Savage Jimenez thing has been sufficiently proven that if they're another several days fitter and sharper and not injured after the game up in um, in Pamplona this weekend, I think that gives All Black a different confidence because of how they play in front of him. And I also think it gives the, the, the midfield and the strikers greater confidence that if they nick one, if they get ahead, then Atleti for once aren't going to throw one in. Also, Pete's point about the... The Metropolitano is, is really good. It's, it's remarkable how some of the Calderon spirit has been shipped across. Not, not all of it. It's a bigger bowl. It's less intimidating. But they won't be like they were against um, against Levante when United come to town. It'll be inspirational if, if players don't draw focus and, and commitment. And you know, one of the points I think it was uh, it wasn't Jake's. It was Rich. It's about like you know nobody landing a blow. No, I think these are two flawed teams whereby I'd be a little bit surprised if over the two ties there aren't, you know, five, six goals total over the two ties. And I'm just not willing to abandon... Manchester United look in better shape at the moment. And they have a coach who, while he's not going to be adequate for United in the long term, is is less lost in what's going on, I think, than than Chilo Simeone is right now, this week I'm talking about. So... I understand why, why United might go into it with a, with a real sense of optimism, but I don't believe Atleti will be as bad. I do believe that Atleti can win 1-0 and, and take a lead to Old Trafford in a few weeks' time with, with better form. As far as, um, I think it was Jake talking about parting of the ways, there have been times in the past, in the mid-spell of the 11-12 years, where I've thought that Chola Simeone, with his big Rolls Royce, with his new family his new partner, young kids, where I thought he'd been smoking a cigar and sitting a little bit complacent. And yet, although without massive panache, when the chance presented itself last season, they went out and won the title. And there's a, there's a reason that things like I'll put on my hair shirt and self-flagellation exist in human nature. Some people, not just players, need to be driven by humiliation and failure in order to, to get back to the levels or to excel. And this season, we've heard the players over and over again, um, most recently, Jimenez after Valencia and Jan Oblak after the, the game that Pete and I commentated and co-commentated on in midweek when Atleti lost to Levante, talking about we haven't woken up yet, our standards are slipped, we need to be losing, we need to be in a deficit situation or 10 men before we waken up and then we're the real Atleti. There, it looks atrocious. It looks dysfunctional, but there's 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 just a there's a relaxation after the champions situation of Spain um, last season that's happened, and and that that's easier to correct than when you've got duds, and they don't have duds. It's just that the majority, the vast majority of them are underperforming. Oblak said that every single one of us is underperforming, and Oblak said after twenty four league games we haven't woken up yet. So those are damning words, but in the context of this tie, I, I don't think that's that's gone. And also, Cholo Simeone earns over twenty million euros a season. He's earned, he earned them hundreds and hundreds of millions from the Champions League position. For them to sack him now isn't just a, a, a big step that they have to think about really seriously. It's a big financial step in terms of paying him off. So right now, I don't believe he wants to leave. I don't think he's got a place to go to, and I don't think they'll sack him. 
But it's getting to the point where if it continues like this all season and there's not a reset button pressed before the summer market, they've got a grave situation because to, to not qualify for the Champions League, if that were the case, Atleti's finances are not as bad as Barcelona, but they're not good without Champions League money. It's a really, really serious problem looming. And talking about Simeone needing to get it right and needing to pick the holes in Manchester United, I mean, the, his recent track record is, is terrible. And, and, and Graham mentioned the complacency. The, the game against Barcelona, if you compare the way that Napoli lined up last night uh, against Barcelona with the way that um, Atleti set them set themselves up and the way that Adama was given free run at Adama. So every time Adama touched the ball last night, he had three Napoli players around him. Uh, and the excuse for that might be, well, it was Adama's debut. What, so you did, we didn't, we didn't, he didn't know what, Adama, what kind of player Adama was. Um, so, you know, that's been really missing this season. Um, and he is the, the highest earning coach in football and, and, and we've not been seeing it. So, yeah, his, his part is crucial and it's not just about him shaking his fist in the, in the technical area and calling for the Atleti of old because I think Godin and Gavi are, you know, they're long gone. Our next question is from Socio Richard Cosmala. Hi, Graham. Hi, Pete. The last trip I just had a few weeks ago, I went and saw Real Betis absolutely pump uh, Espanol uh, at the RCD, as you would say, Graham, and uh, sensational season they're having. Now, I wasn't having Pellegrini's return, to be honest with you. I didn't think he were that far away from the sack. Uh, if the fans had been in, maybe it would have been a different story. But now, sensational football. For me, the best in the league, uh, up there with some of the best in Europe, really. For Kieran Canales, brilliant, Borja, need we go on. But I just want to know from you guys, do you think this is just a one-off season? Is it something that they can build on? Is the club ready to kind of uh, push, you know, for regular Champions League football? Uh, it'd be nice to see him hang around because brilliant city, brilliant set of fans. But is it just a one-off season? Cheers, guys. I don't see why it should be a one-off. I mean, you'd call it a one-off if they had four or five young players who were probably going to be scooped up in the summer, if the coach was going to be picked up by another club. Pellegrini's not going anywhere, probably. Um, Betis is about where where it is for him in his career. I completely agree that he probably would have gone in the first season had fans been inside the stadium. Um, It's brilliant, the contrast, because... Is it what they say about dogs and their owners or is it about managers and their teams that they kind of resemble each other? Um, and, and Betis don't resemble Pellegrini. You know, he's got the long face on the touchline and he's kind of looking at his watch thinking, well, I wonder what I'm going to have for tea tonight when I get indoors. Um, and Betis are absolutely hell for leather, flying at the opposition. They're the most entertaining team in the division by, by distance. They're brilliant to watch. If you, if, you, if you said to me, who do you want to watch at the weekend? You can watch any game. I'd, I'd always pick the Betis game at the moment. Fekir is off the scale. Um, he's added the goals and assists that were missing to, to his talent. And um, he's probably playing as well as, he wa- as well as he was before he got injured when he, when he was so close to the Liverpool move. Um, um, but even Fekir, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not convinced that, that there, there will be people coming in for them. So the potential there is to build on this and to make it a little bit more long-term. Pellegrini's happy... Uh, down in Andalusia, it's a great place to be. I think it can be. It can be a long-term project. Yeah, I, th- I think Supercars chooses his games well, and he watches so much football that his his words are to be taken really seriously. And I think that um, none of us would want to see this effect evaporating. And Betis is a club whereby things can evaporate quickly because it's volatile. The fans are ultra passionate, but when they're angry, the club listens to them rather than to their own brains. Um, their finances are not such that normally that they can reject big bids for footballers. And one of the reasons that you can 
project that even in a volatile market in the summer, Betis should be able to maintain this quality of play. Results is, is always a different thing. But where Pellegrini has succeeded is not simply in the quality of football or the team. He's made almost every player that performs regularly in the first team better. There's been a degree of one-on-one coaching psychology whereby, yeah, the team's beautiful to watch. Yes, they've got... The, I mean, but Supercos will know this, that there's nothing we're seeing from Betis in terms of their philosophy of how to play football that's different from what he wanted at City or what he wanted at Real Madrid or Villarreal. Um, because he has always believed in playing this way from foot, on the ball, play directly towards goal, um, break if you win it low, um, not necessarily high press at all, but players playing with tight spaces next to one another, so the passes are quick. It, we're seeing Pellegrini must be ecstatic, not just because you know his contract's being extended, but this is the epitome of what he's, all, he's always wanted to play, and we have seen it um, intermittently in several of his clubs. But the way he's achieved it, or the principal way he's achieved it, is you could pick almost any footballer in the squad and like to to, to Carvalho and, and Fekir N- nobody ever doubted their abilities but both of them are significantly slimmer now quicker and therefore they are um, exhibiting their talents to the benefit of the team in a way that's more effective so you can see them enjoying themselves and that's a factor that I think helps uh, answer Richard's question is one or two probably will he probably but like when has Juan Mi ever played like this? How morose was Borja in his initial time at, at Betis? He's now at least as happy, at least as, what is he, identified with what's going on at the club as he was at Espanyol. But you can repeat that right across Guido. Guido has gone from being a, a pretty nervous, n- not that self-confident and a little bit slow central holding midfielder to one of, if not the most important footballer in the team. He's a Copa America winner. And... I would argue you can go right across the team and say that player has individually improved in this way, this way and this way. Three, Probably three points about position, about decision making, about silhouette as they call it here, fitness, shape. And, and that's the way you, you achieve um, big goals, by making sure that, that players are understand, are committed, enjoying themselves and, and feel the benefits of what they're asked to do. There isn't really a reason, unless the club betray Pellegrini and, you know, sell four players for big, big money, which probably shouldn't happen, there is no reason that we shouldn't see a similar or identical Betis again, at least next season. We've got a question coming up later in part two on the best away day in Spanish football, so maybe Betis might get a mention. Certainly Supercause seems to suggest that. But in the meantime, it's time for a break. We'll be back in a moment with a couple more questions to complete part two of this month's Q&A. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier. 
all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more. And we're back with a question from our sponsors at Pet365. They say, why do you think Lionel Messi's penalty record is somewhat average compared to how well he performs in other parts of the game? So obviously this refers to Messi's missed penalty against Real Madrid and Paris on Tuesday night. I have been looking up the stats. He has missed 5 of 23 penalties in the Champions League, which I believe matches Thierry Henry's record for most missed penalties in Champions League history. Overall, his record stands, I think, at 1-3-3 taken and 1-0-3 scored. Um, I was just finished with a quote from Messi on Catalonia Radio back in 2018. He said, I would like to be more effective from the penalty spot, but it's difficult to work in penalties. It's not the same taking them in training as it is in a game. You can have an idea in your head or something you've worked on, but it's more difficult than it seems. Which I thought was quite an interesting quote. It almost makes the great man sound mortal. Um, what what do you make of Messi's record from the spot? I, I think I think he's lying to us there. I think the problem with penalties for Messi is that, they, is that they're too easy. It's, it's a bit like if you you know if you get Picasso to to sweep the backyard and then you come out and see how he's done it and you you know what what, what is this? We just wanted. To... <laughs> Um, it, it's 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 just a too it's just too straightforward for him, um, and I don't know if he complicates it in his head or, or if he complicates it in the way he, he technically goes about it. Uh, I called the miss. I've only got one witness. <laughs> I did call it, but I called the miss in midweek. I don't know if you did, Graham, as he, as he steps up to take the penalty against Real Madrid, um, and um, you know it's it's just, but it adds to his you know it, it adds to the greatest one of the greatest stories we, we, the game's ever given us the Messi story the fact that he's he's not very good at penalties. I want to take my life from my hands here because you know our sponsors Bet Three Six Five exist because of their management of statistics and numbers and the prediction based on numbers and I'm going to say I know better which neither of you two would be surprised about but like if you've taken 133. And, and missed the percentage you're talking about. He's scoring 78%. I wonder, you know, it needs to be tested this day. I wonder which top player has taken as many penalties as that. I think his rate is extraordinary. So that every keeper that he faces ever has mountains and mountains of evidence to um, study and to help them predict. Secondly, He's undoubtedly a player who has always been influenced by by mood. The happy fact is that for the large part of his career, his mood has been great. But when his mood is not, you notice it. You see it in his decision-making. You see it in his level of confidence. Because a lot of what Messi does is about instinct and brain. And, and that's the reason that a lot of people analytically forget about the fact that confidence does matter to him. I um, only have one witness to Pete, but that's Messi. In that, I've only ever asked him once about penalties, and it was at home at uh, Camp Nou against Milan. He scored uh, in what was a very tight game, one where there was some odd refereeing decisions, and he beat Abiati. 
and I got one of the f- f- direct flash interview. Um, he was man of the match. We named him man of the match, and therefore I got a one-on-one with him at the end. And being just a oh, dopey Stan Laurel type, I just said to him, "What exactly was going through your mind as you ran up to take the penalty?" And he said, "What was going through my mind was how gigantic Abiati looked, and how many times I'd seen him throw himself around the goal frame and save things." And I was like, "Well, one." I didn't think you thought like that too. Why are you saying that? Goalies are listening. So he isn't particularly happy um, in Paris. Let's leave PSG aside. Neither he nor his family are, are particularly enjoying an experiment that was thrown upon them. And you can't relate him crying on his way out the camp now to his penalty take against Madrid in midweek. But if you watched his level of play, it was you know, no more than adequate for Leo Messi. It was a little bit sluggish. It was well underneath his, his elite form. When he takes a penalty like that, he is human. So one, I, I believe Pete called that, that, that the penalty wasn't going in. Um, two, we are talking about... It could to save might not have been absolutely astonishing, but we are talking about a guy who's, who's born with... You know, somebody else's confidence as well as his own. Courtois is not shy. He's on the best form of his life. He isn't simply the best goalkeeper in the world right now. He's in the top five or six footballers in the world right now in terms of performance level. So I think that if there was one to be missed, you could have said, yeah, that might well happen. But I utterly dispute that that penalty conversion level level is, is anything other than exceptional. What, what, what did you say he scored? 103 times from the penalty spot. Yeah, I guess if you were to be signing Messi, you wouldn't be going, fuck it. God, I don't like his penalty record. Fair point, fair point. All right, let's 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 finish this month's Q&A with a question from Social Daniel Hanna. I'm not sure we've heard from Daniel before, so thank you very much for sending in your question, Daniel. And let that be a lesson to all of you socials who haven't yet sent us in a question. Daniel says, Hi guys, hope you're all well. So, pre-COVID, I was on holiday in Cadiz. I managed to convince my girlfriend to spend an evening in the Estadio Nuevo Merendia. What a fantastic experience, he says brackets, for both of us. I fell in love with the city, the food, the people, the culture and the football fans. And it had me thinking, where are you going for an away day in Spain and Why? I would go the other end of the country probably and go up to the north and go to the Bass Derby. And it happens to be the Bass Derby on Sunday. Um, yeah. Um, the, the great thing about Spain is that there's so many different um, kind of worlds in one country and, and it's a world away in the Basque country to, 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 to uh, an away day at Cadiz. Um, likewise, if you go to the Sanchez Pijuan, um, Mestalla is a great trip and you should make it before before they move to the, the new stadium, which looks a lot like the Mestalla, um, but is, is not quite as, as in the centre of the city as the, as the Mestalla. But uh, I'd probably go up and uh, feast on pinchos and, 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 and take in the Bass Derby and hope that it was raining and quite cold because that's the kind of person I am. DH, um, one of the things um, that I have to do is split this answer in two. Because if you're talking about where's a great away day, because you go to a city that will be a surprise to you, which is absolutely lovely, uh, where you can spend the day really enjoying yourself and probably not meeting another foreigner, uh, Logroño 
Uh, I've only ever been there twice. Once was for an international match, and uh, it's, I don't think we're going to see Lagunas um, nicking about the, the top of La Liga anytime soon. But it's just such a fantastic place. It's somewhere you would choose to live if if people like Martin or Neil or Peter or I could could earn a living as, as freelance football broadcasters, commentators, writers in a city where the, the team is pretty hopeless. So next time you and your, your very accommodating uh, partner decide to go on a trip, go and see Love Yes. But the way that I would have in Spanish football would probably be to the Copa del Rey final because one of the things that doesn't happen a lot, and I'm taking from your name, Mr H, that, that you're Brit- British or Irish, which means that in our culture you're used to travelling fans and there's not a lot of that in Spanish football and any day out at a football game needs to incorporate you know jousting hopefully verbal mostly asterisk in the streets and outside the stadium beforehand but in the stadium you want to hear you know call and retort between two sets of fans wearing different coloured scarves and largely you don't get too much of that until it comes to the cup final now the cup final will currently be staged down in the Stadio Olimpico down in um, down in Seville City on, on the Isla Magia that magical island but when it was in Mestalla man the, I mean the finals there with the, cr- the crowd split half and half one of the best experiences I've ever been to was Madrid winning the cup final 1-0 in extra time against uh, Barcelona in the season at Barcelona then knocked Madrid out of the Champions League semi-final 10 days or began the process 10 days later because it was a classical with with huge numbers of both sets of fans there and the singing and the aggression and the, the agony when one side you know were doing better or went ahead or when Messi's brilliant I know Pedro um, Pedro's brilliant goal from from my money still the best Messi dribble I've ever seen and it was the one that Pep said well you know he was only offside by you know that that day because as Pete said Valencia unbelievable city you can spend a day on the beach before you go to the cup final and then Mestalla has an adequately big capacity and it was in the Copa del Rey is split sets of fans that um, Mr H that's your day out and make it soon Okay, boys, that's us for the second part of this month's Q&A. Thank you to all our socios who sent questions for this month's show. Graham and Pete Jensen, thank you very much for your presence. And thank you to you for listening. We'll be back with more big interviews very, very soon. Goodbye. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusion Supply. See site for details. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. 
ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier. All built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more. 